like Denver's a beer city and Utah has, well, Utah alcohol laws. I'm going to segue myself into the Buccaneers. If there's three things that are guaranteed in this life, it's death taxes and the Vikings will beat the Saints in the playoffs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Justin Wright, your co-host of the Expansion Buddies podcast, here for another exciting episode. I am joined, of course, by my ever-present, ever-reliable co-host, Jared Miller. How are you doing today, Jared? I'm doing good, Justin. Uh, I'm doing good, as I'm sure you are. Both our teams are in the playoffs. Yes, they are. I am so excited. You're clinched the playoff spot. We won our division. Things are looking good for uh, 1976 teams right now. Yes, they are. I was a little sad, though. We did lose out uh, on Christmas on our chance to take the division. It was a long shot. The Saints had to lose out on their last two games. Um, And then Alvin Kamara had different plans. Yes. Drew Brees was all on board with, yeah, maybe we'll just take the L. But Alvin Kamara was like, hey, Drew, how about instead of that, give me the ball. Yeah, I got six touchdowns. Man, uh, shout out. I guess shout out. Well, actual shout out to our uh, buddy Ryan, who we've had on the show before, had Kamara in fantasy absolutely dominated our semifinal game he's going to the championship kind of a sad shout out to our buddy kyle who was on the other end of that uh it was not a fun week to play that man in fantasy no that's um alvin kamara showed why he deserves to be paid all the money as a running back no but Um, uh, as far as our teams go man we were talking about it just the other day that it's looking like it could be a Seahawks Bucks wild card game. It very well could. It very well could. Um, we'll. I guess we'll know after this week. Um, I'm very excited to talk about the playoff picture next week. That's Definitely, sure. we're gonna try to have. Uh, we just talked about our buddy Kyle. He's gonna try to join us next week. So stay tuned for that. Hope everyone had a great Christmas. As you know, we were not did not have a show last week, but we're back at it now, uh, ready to hit the ground rolling. Last show of 2020. Yeah. Oh man. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, man. Uh, happy new year's Eve, new year's to everybody. It's been crazy to think we started this back in July and here we are doing the last show of the year. I know it's been fun. It's been a good year so far. Definitely has been. Definitely has been. Um, there's been lots that happened in the last two weeks, uh, since we've been last on lots to talk about, uh, the jets uh, are apparently a winning football team. Now that happened. I do want to talk about that actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna interject right here. Let's talk about the Jets Browns game. There was also the Jets Rams game that I loved even more. But yeah, let's let's talk about it. Well, the Rams game, the Rams, the Rams just dropped the ball. I think they saw this as the Jets have gone many moons since their last win. This should be a free game. I I think they they underestimated the team and they played down to competition. That might be a partial, a uh, little bit of bias against the Rams. But speaking of the Rams, I, not to tangent again, I know you watched it during the game, and I just watched it again in highlights because I wanted to see it again. Can we talk about Jared Goff being kind of a B.A. and popping his thumb back in? Dude, I gained a lot of respect for Jared Goff watching the Seahawks-Rams game this last week. I've never had a problem with him. I mean, I don't like that he plays for the Rams. That's obviously something out of his control. But, man – He's a tough cookie. He didn't just dislocate his thumb like I thought he did. He straight up broke it, okay? 
because he had to have surgery on it on Monday. And to go to the sideline right after it pops out, doesn't even call a trainer over and just pops it back in. Ooh, that's yeah. He, he just looked like it was nothing to do. He's just like, yeah, that's impressive. But anyway, I think the Rams just dropped it against the Jets. Mm-hmm. The Browns, I feel have a, I feel like they both have more of an excuse and less of an excuse. They have more of an excuse in the fact that all their starting receivers basically were out due to contact tracing of COVID, but their two-star running backs sure weren't. Why, why, why didn't they run the ball more? If you look at that game, it's it was heavily, heavily a passing game. Baker Mayfield had a crazy amount of passing attempts and I don't know why they weren't just handing the ball off. Yeah, I don't either. I didn't watch much of that game. Um, I have seen the highlights. I don't I don't know what happened, but they certainly didn't play like a team who is still trying to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, you know, there was not yeah. a whole lot of desperation, I guess. Yeah, that that hurt their chances. They're they're not out of it. They've still got a good chance to make it, but they really have to win against the Steelers now. Yeah, yep. And uh talk of stuff that happened while we have kind of been on a hiatus, the Steelers dropping off, at least it feels like, you know, they did just get the win over the Colts. It was a hard fought win. They had to make a comeback to do it. But before that, man, losing games to the Bengals on Monday night. Oh, that's not how you want to be playing at this juncture of the season. No, not at all. Yeah, that's the Steelers feel pretty suspect to me. They they started off the game against Indy really, really sloppy. And they were able to kind of rally and take it. Um, helped a little bit with Phillips Rivers and his notorious notoriety. We'll just leave it at that. I don't want to offend <laughs> any Colts fans yeah. right now. Yeah. It's but. a it's a wild scene in the AFC right now. I mean, it just mm-hmm. across the board, you've got five teams here with one week left competing for four spots. And I believe four of those five teams are all sitting at 10 and five. Uh, the Titans and Colts are still trying to figure out their division champion. Well, everybody else is just uh, shooting for those wild card spots. And I made the joke to my dad last week, this year's AFC playoffs looks like it's something pulled straight from the eighties or the nineties. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the bills who are going to have a home playoff game. You've got the Browns who are probably going to be in the mix. Miami, who's probably going to be in the mix. This is a throwback AFC bracket, and I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot too. I I like the amount of competitiveness coming from some different teams right now. You know, we, we have had the Patriots for so long that have just been the evil empire. I'll just go with what everybody else calls them. And, you know, they've had their little brothers, the Bills and the Dolphins and the Jets in that division who – for the most part over the past as you know recent years haven't been able to do much they've been kind of just mired in being unremarkable i i'm butchering my words right now i apologize for when you have to go edit this no i know um, i know exactly what you're saying though um new england has been the top dog in that division for the better part of two decades miami they did go to the playoffs i think it's 2016 a few years ago here uh, what a fever dream that was right pretty quick ousting by Pittsburgh in the first round but this Dolphins team feels different and Mm -hmm. what they did and more specifically what Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to do in the final moments against 
Vegas. Uh, incredible. Oh my God. So I'm going to give my shout out now. Shout out to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I like the guy a whole heck of a lot ever since he's been on the Buccaneers. Um, He's got a great, lot of charisma. He's got incredible talent, even though um, some people say it comes and goes. Yeah. Um, I I have a lot of respect for the man. I talked about, you know, I thought he kind of got done wrong when he got benched for Tua. And now Tua got benched for him. And I I think it does – I think it is smart of Brian Flores to – if someone's stumbling, you know, it's not always the, all right, just try to ride it out, especially in games that are very important. And he, you know, he did pull the quarterback. And that's something that I think that we don't always see. No, definitely not. Especially with – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say Flores is an excellent coach, excellent decision maker, in-game adjuster. That's what you need to succeed. And um, I was just going to say about Ryan Fitzpatrick, I have a ton of respect for him too, not just what he does on the field, but when he got benched for Tua earlier this season, he handled it with extreme class. Mm -hmm. And look at this, his chance rolled back around for him and he made the most of it. So you love to see that. And the reason my shout out is going to him, not only because of all this, but my God, the pass. The pass where he got accosted across the face, man. Yeah, and that's initially when I saw that, they were just showing the replay of, because I was like tuning in and out of that game. I just saw the replay of the Raider just coming across with the face mask. I'm like, well, that guy lost, lost the Raiders the game. I did not see that Fitzpatrick completed the pass. Dude, same. So we were, Justin and I were watching the end of that game together, actually. And he did say that the minute that replay came on, he said, whoever that Raiders guy is, he just lost him the game. And he turned out to be right. It was incredible. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, the Dolphins are something I, I I've said it before. They're not a team. I would want to play in the playoffs. I don't care who you are. And, they're, and there's such a young team too. They are. And that might be the one thing could potentially be a hindrance to them in the playoffs. Uh, The experience Mm -hmm. by and large just isn't there, but that on the flip side of it, they might not, I'm not going to say they don't appreciate the moment of the playoff, but it might not hit them in the same way. It would make other guys nervous because they're going for the first time. A lot of these guys. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. This Dolphins team is going to be fun to watch in the postseason, I'm excited. Uh, I'm probably more excited for the AFC side this year uh, than the NFC side. And that's kind of rare for me. I am really intrigued to see uh, how these matchups play out, who gets to play who and how it works out in the AFC. I'm very excited to watch this Dolphins team and looking even past the playoffs. I think, you know, it makes me very happy as a football fan, not just as a Buccaneers fan but as a football fan in general, that there are these new young teams that are, are showing quite a lot of promise or excuse me, promise in being fun teams to watch in the future. I haven't thought about it too much. I don't know if any of these teams, these newcomers quote unquote to the playoff scene are a flash in the pan. If they feel like one or not, I don't know. Uh, Miami certainly doesn't though. They feel like a team that's built for uh, the future or they are building toward the future. Yeah. I think uh, with the draft picks they're getting this year, their own first round. And then the one they're getting from the Texans, I believe it is. Yes. The Texans, which every time the Texans lose, that just makes it better and better for them. And, you know, if they're able to snag a good 
you know, O lineman to help Tua out. That's depending on how they use these picks. They they have a lot of promise, and you know, I'm excited to see how the Cardinals continue to develop. You know, they really stumbled badly that last year. They're having consistency troubles this year. Where you know, and I, you've seen it obviously. You know, one week they're just gonna stomp a team, and then the next week they're gonna, you know, barely beat the Eagles. Yeah, and That's... the Cardinals talking about teams fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, they have to win and get a little help this week yep. if they want to get in, and they need uh, the Bears to beat the Packers, which that's a pretty tall order. I I I thought you know here at the beginning of the year I didn't have high hopes for the Cardinals making it. I thought they're going to have a good showing. Middle of the year I was like the Cardinals, no way they're missing it. They're playing like crazy, and now I I don't think they're making it. Um, Mitch Trubisky has been playing quote-unquote well the last couple of weeks, but if you look at the quality of defenses he's been facing, they yeah. haven't been very good. I think it's all going to come crashing down against Green Bay this week, and this isn't one of those situations where Green Bay is going to bench starters, I don't think, because they still do have the one seed to play for. Yeah. Uh, there's three teams in the NFC right now that are still alive for that number one seed and that all-important bye week, which is only given to the number one seed now. It's probably going to mm-hmm. go to Green Bay the Saints have a shot, and the Seahawks have a very outside shot at it. But uh, yeah, I think the I think the Packers are going to go into Chicago, and I think they're going to absolutely roll the Bears this weekend. I, I think uh, I think it was last year. Bill Belichick said at the end of the year that when you're playing that last game where your buy is on the line, you're basically playing your first playoff game. Um, yeah, that and, bye week is so important. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to come out swinging with you know, all hands on deck. And after there, there's been some questions that people have thrown out there about the green Bay Packers the past couple of years, you know, the Titans have been a hard team to beat this year. They beat them pretty convincingly. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure the weather didn't help Tennessee, but you I, cannot I pin it on the weather. Say. You cannot pin all that on the weather. The weather does not account for a 26 yeah. point deficit. So, um, but I think the Packers gave, gave the NFL kind of a clinic on how to beat the uh the Titans. They they zeroed in on Henry, just made sure he couldn't go anywhere, stopped the run game and forced Tannehill to play quarterback. And Tannehill's having a a rebound in his career, but that's there's a reason Derrick Henry is the main point of that offense. It's just been a wild couple weeks in the NFL. It always is when we get to this juncture of the season, teams are fighting for so much, some of them fighting to stay alive. And then I guess in the spirit of talking about teams fighting for things, I think we have to talk about the NFC East and how there are still three teams that can win that thing. You know, you've got the Giants who there is a possibility they will be hosting a playoff game at six and 10. Yeah, absolutely unheard of. Uh, Washington controls their own destiny. All they have to do is win Sunday night against Philadelphia. And obviously the winner of the Dallas giants game earlier that day is going to have to await the results. I would love to see Washington win it for everything that they've kind of gone through this last year, Uh, Mm -hmm. head coach Ron Rivera and what he's been through. It would be a very cool story for them. I would not mind seeing the giants win it. I'll go on record saying I hate Dallas and I don't want to see them in the playoffs you know, but it's uh, just... Dallas is eliminated, aren't they? No, mathematically. No, 
Oh no, that's the thing. Whoever wins the Dallas Giants game, if Washington loses on Sunday night, whoever wins that Dallas Giants game wins a division. Lord, I know that's what it's ridiculous. Like it, you feel like they should all be eliminated right now with their records. Yeah, I will say I would like to see Washington in it. I think it'd be a good way to usher in a new era of Washington football. I think it it totally depends on whether or not Alex Smith is in. And I think, is he supposed to come back this week? I don't know. I don't know what their plan at quarterback is. That's, uh, you know, I think Washington would be the team that would, I guess, quote unquote, represent the division the best in the playoffs. I think they would mm-hmm. put up the best fight against somebody in the first round. Uh, I don't necessarily know if the Giants or the Cowboys would, uh, but that's a great question you posed there and something we wanted to talk about tonight big news out of washington uh dwayne haskins is out the door he went released unclaimed on waiver wires he's a free agent he's lost his agent as well yeah he i read that on uh, today wednesday he parted ways with his agent i don't know i can't feel bad for them either i mean i hate to sound callous but he made a lot of stupid decisions yeah. And let's just call a spade a spade here. He did things that were unacceptable. Yeah. And things that get young guys, any guys, but young guys especially cut from their teams. And it should have. You go to a strip club, you're seen on social media at said strip club with no mask. And to do that at any point on any team is selfish, but to do it when you have a head coach that just got done with cancer treatments, unbelievable you know, unbelievably mm-hmm. selfish. And it, it makes you kind of mad. It makes me mad. Uh, he's got a lot to learn. And a lot of people didn't think he was ready to come out of Ohio state and go to the NFL just yet. Maybe not so much because of his talent, but just sort of maturity level. And maybe yeah. he wasn't. He, he has, he has streaks of uh, Johnny Manziel, I think in there, there's been a lot of question about his work ethic. And you could see from, this last game, like the kid doesn't know how to read a defense. Um, he's definitely just uh, throwing the plays that he's or running the plays that he's called and throwing to the designed receiver. Like there's, there's plays where he has wide open guys and just doesn't even look their way. Exactly. And what I was going to say, and I noticed that they talked about it during Seattle's game with Washington a couple weeks ago, that Washington still has a bunch of plays in their playbook for him that are very similar, if not the exact same plays that he ran at Ohio state. Mm -hmm. And it feels like they're just spoon, you know, feeding him. You have to be able to adjust to your new team's playbook. You cannot just stick with what you know from college. That's part of making the transition from college to the NFL is you have to be able to learn those plays. You cannot expect teams to cater to you in terms of that. And I get that sometimes for rookies, they do do that. And he's not a rookie, but I get that they do that sometimes to help ease that transition in, but come on. I mean, he, yeah. he just, like you said, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to lead a football team. Uh, no pun intended since he actually led the football team, but <laughs> <laughs> he, he wasn't ready. And I said it to you. I've said it to several people as far as Seattle's game with Washington goes I really wholeheartedly believe that if Dwayne Haskins had not been the quarterback on their last drive and it had been Alex Smith, we probably would have lost that game. 
I I agree. That's and if you look at this season as a whole, when they put Alex Smith in, they started winning. And a lot of their early games, like against New York, that was a one-point game. The second time they played New York was a three-point game. Lions was a three-point game. You know, and when they put Alex Smith in, you know, later into the season, you know, he started making improvements. Um, and I think some of those games I just talked about actually were Alex Smith games. I apologize. I got those backwards. But I think the point still stands. You know, when they put Alex Smith in, they started improving. And then they just, they've been on a nice little t- streak. When Alex Smith went out, they started losing again. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show how consistency is so key, whether it be at the quarterback position, coach, what have you, a team needs something stable. And when it's changing like that, yeah. it, it, it makes for a tough season. So again, I'd like to see them win the division, host a playoff game. I don't see them going farther than the wild card round, whoever they get paired up with. But, you know, if they win the division at seven and nine, there have been those sorts of division winners that make a little noise in the playoffs. So we can't completely count them out either. Nope. I'll be interested to see what happens over there over this, you know, coming weekend, honestly, it's going to be a wild weekend and it's always a fun last week. It's a lot more fun, Justin, as I'm sure you're going to experience uh, this week. It's a way more fun when your team already has stuff wrapped up. Yep. You don't have to worry about, we need this to happen and blah, blah, blah. It's just so nice to sit back and watch football. I mean, if Seattle loses to the 49ers this last week, I won't be happy, obviously, but it's not devastating. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, you obviously want to go into the playoffs winning, but it's nice to just have something under your belt already. And yeah, it it's in, it's really nice. This is the first time since I've been a Buccaneers fan that we've made the playoffs. We've sniffed at it a couple times, but ultimately things happen. I'll tell you this, you get a nice week now. And then next week is going to be stress level 10. I can tell you that. I am nervous. I want to watch the Buccaneers play so bad, but I feel like every time I watch the Buccaneers play, we lose. And now I'm worried that it's a, so I didn't get to, I was driving home from my parents' place. Um, when the Bucks played the lions, um, I got to tune in for a couple of minutes when we had a brief moment in time to watch the lions score their only points of the game. At which point I turned it off and we continued to win and they didn't score any more points. You so might I'm, be bad luck, man. So I'm if, very worried. So I'm going to say this. If Seattle plays Tampa Bay, we absolutely have to watch the game together and yeah. watch the whole thing. Because if you're bad luck, I need you to watch. <laughs> I I am. I'll tell you, I'll be moody. Um, I watched the Bucks play the Patriots a few years ago with Kyle. And yeah, we've told that I, story. I, I'm not a happy man. <laughs> Uh, if we do end up getting paired up against each other for the playoffs, I feel like we have to make a bet or we have to do something, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Seahawks bucks games are always historic because of the expansion, but a playoff Seahawks bucks game. We've never met in the playoffs before. Yeah, that'd uh, in be fact, super cool. I believe out of the NFC, I calculated out in my head once Tampa Bay is one of only, I want to say, three teams that Seattle has not played in the playoffs from the NFC. I think it's you guys, the Giants, and the Cardinals. Everyone else we've met at least once. So it it, uh, could be history-making in that regard, too. I don't know. I'm just excited. It's cool that both of our teams are in it. Uh, The year we started this podcast, too, maybe that was the good luck that brought us both to the playoffs. Maybe. 
I don't know. But uh, speaking of playoffs, I think we should talk about two. And I'm going to spring this on you a little bit. I just thought of it. Uh, okay. We should talk a little bit about the college football playoff just because they're happening this weekend, uh, New Year's Day on Friday. We'll have the two semifinal games, the Rose Bowl game, which has been moved to Texas this year for the first time in the game's 100-plus year history between Alabama and Notre Dame. And then the nightcap, the second game, will be the Sugar Bowl between Clemson and Ohio State. I always love the college football playoff. I would sure love it a lot more if we could see some fresh faces in there. It seems like every year you've got the same three teams and then the fourth team kind of is on a rotational basis. Yeah. Um, who are you rooting for of those four? If you are rooting for anybody. I'm really not rooting for anybody. I, I was my, I made a resolution last year or at the beginning of the year that I was going to get into college football this year. And then with the pandemic and all the other craziness in life, it just didn't happen. I, I haven't even barely thought about college football this year outside of us talking about it on the podcast. The NCAA is pretty hard-headed. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> that they Even in this year, they refuse to change the playoffs in any way, shape, or form. And nope. I think they are something that needs to be changed. Absolutely ridiculous. I agree with you. Uh, totally forgive you for not getting into college football this year. It was a hard oh, year you. to do it for anybody. Uh, so let me ask you though who are you rooting for Notre Dame hands down do enjoy watching the Irish play they are the fresh face of those I guess four teams although they have been in the playoff before got absolutely decimated by Clemson the one time they went got absolutely decimated by Clemson a few weeks ago I think you're seeing a pattern here my hopes aren't very high that they'll win the national championship I don't think they're even going to get past Alabama I would love to see them pull off that upset, but I don't see how it happens. The team though, that I have the most problem with this year being in the playoff is not Alabama. It's not Clemson. It's Ohio state. Mm -hmm. In what universe can you play six games, only six games? And yes, you win them all and get selected for the playoff. When there are teams like Texas A&M that played 10 or 11 or however many they played only lost one and they get left out. I think it's absolutely abhorrent. Well, isn't it, it's based off of a committee selection, right? Yeah. It's not oh, yeah. based off of records. It's a selection. Yeah, record doesn't actually mean anything. And sadly, what you do in this season doesn't actually mean anything either. This committee looks at teams, and they look at their historical prowess in college football and what's going to get most eyes on the TV – it's just, it's sad and it's watering down the sport. It's making it not enjoyable for fans, especially fans who are not fans of any of these four teams. You know, I'll still watch it. I, I enjoy football. I enjoy football this time of year at whatever level it is, but it doesn't feel like it means as much. You yeah. know, if they it, had even an eight team playoff where you gave teams like Texas A&M, like Coastal Carolina, who went undefeated up until their bowl game, teams like Liberty who they may not be the sexiest names on paper, but you still put together a season where you lost no games or almost lost no games. You should get the right to compete for a national championship. Well, and if you look at like March madness, for instance, those games where you have 
a team that no one's ever heard of playing a big dog. Mm-hmm. Those bring those bring views. Oh, absolutely. Look at uh, is it UMCB? UMBC. Yeah. UMBC. Thank you. When when they went in, that was a historic game. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. And the viewership for that game, I believe. I read a thing that said for an entire March Madness, the only game that beat the viewership for that first round game was the national championship itself. So many people tuned in when it became apparent that they were keeping it close with Virginia and then ended up beating them. And that is why you play the game because yes, on paper, probably a team like Alabama or Clemson would steamroll 90% of these teams, but you still have to play the game. You can't just say, well, there's no use trying because we've talked about this before. I don't need to get into it again. It's college football playoff time, and you're going to hear the same gripes out of me every year until they change it. So, hey, I'll be right there with you, man. Yeah, but signs will pick at the NCAA. There you go. There you go. Maybe if enough of us complain about it, they'll finally do something. As if there's plenty of people complaining, they're not going to do anything. Yeah. Yep. 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 But uh, yeah, I'll be pulling for Notre Dame. We'll see what happens, but my hopes aren't too high. We'll put it at that. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then I guess kind of we're going all over the place tonight. Uh, we took a week off. Maybe that was not the best thing for us. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we we are, we're do, bouncing. The- we didn't do upset and upsetting games, though, for the NFL. So we've got to do that still. Yeah, and- let's, let's end on that. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about baseball here real quick. Okay, so yeah, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about the San Diego Padres and how they are. I, excuse me, sorry, sorry. Did you say San Diego? I think you mean Slam Diego. Slam Diego, yes. Oh man, they are going to be a competitor in the league this year. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. Granted, it was the extended playoffs, but we we've talked about Fernando Tatis and what he was able to do, giving him that nickname, Slam Diego but they've been making some money moves as far as pitching is concerned. Uh, this last week alone, they just went out and got Blake Snell from the defending AL champion Rays, who, if you're the Rays, what on God's green earth are you doing trading away one of your best pitchers when he still has three years left on his contract after you just made an appearance in the world series, it makes no sense whatsoever. And then they just went out, uh, I want Tuesday, maybe it was Monday, went out and got you Darvish. Uh, another excellent pitcher pitchers pitched in the world series before uh, he played for the Texas Rangers for a long time. He was a nightmare for our Mariners. Uh, although most teams are <laughs> everything's a nightmare for our Mariners. True. I think just playing a season is, but the Padres man don't look now this team is a contender and no one's really, I mean, some people in the baseball world are talking about it but as far as like a national sports thing it's not being talked about the way it should be but they now think, we're talking about yeah it. we are gonna bring it into the spotlight us two alone uh <laughs> <laughs> kyle i totally expect to hear or see you tweeting about slam diego and their money moves that they're making definitely also, hashtag money moves for hashtag slam diego hashtag money on moves, twitter hashtag slam diego uh padres are going to be they're going to be a tough opponent this year and talking of our buddy kyle big rockies fan he does not like that i'm sure i don't know i think it's cool to see a small market team like that make move it's stuff i wish the mariners would do 
because talking about just historical prowess, the Padres are very in line with the Mariners, except they've been to a World Series at least. They've never won one, but they've they're they've usually never been nothing super special since the days of Tony Gwynn. But now Ah, uh, household name. I mean, he is in the baseball world. He's he's a pretty well known <laughs> Padre. But yeah. he I'm just I'm just giving crap. But they they are uh here they are, you know, landing actual household names. They've already got Manny Machado also, another guy that I didn't mention before. This is a very talented team. Yeah. It's one thing to have talent and the other thing to have that talent work together, but boy, I don't see any reason why they can't at least be a playoff team again this year. I'm super excited to see what they do. Uh, I know I've talked about this with you before. I can't remember if I talked about it on the show. I really feel like I need to go out and get myself a Fernando Tatis rookie card though, because yeah, no kidding. I think that kid is going to turn into something special when all is said and done. And I would like to be able to have that. So, and I, yeah, I, it's, I, I really hope they continue to kind of play their, that, that, you know, no holds barred, you know, bucking the old unwritten quote unquote rules of baseball where they just, they just go for it. Wasn't a trend they did last year, but they played that way in some games. And I, I would hope they keep playing that. Cause I think uh, those, those unwritten rules again, quote unquote are silly and they're you know. silly. And when you have teams like San Diego that do put a hitch in the giddy up as far it's good for the sport. It gets younger people interested in it. And it's, I mean, not to stereotype here, but most people who are upset about them flipping bats and standing there and watching home runs and all these silly little things. Most people who were upset about that were the older generation. This is stuff that's exciting to young people and baseball desperately needs to get young people to watch and that is a team like San Diego is awesome for that. It's awesome. And they're going to be, they're going to be a very talked about team this next season. I think uh, they're going to be right in the mix of things. And if I said it earlier that they were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs, I, I lied. I don't remember if I said that, but they actually did win their first round series uh, against St. Louis. So if I said that, I apologize. Uh, they actually did move on to the second round before they got stopped by the Dodgers, but <laughs> Uh, they are, I'm excited to watch them this year, man. I might have to latch on to them about July because that's usually when the Mariners start to crush my will to live. So yeah, I might have to, uh, pull for slam Diego at the end of the season. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that in the baseball world. Also, we didn't, we haven't talked about baseball for a while. I thought it was due time. We talked about it a little bit. Yeah. I think you were getting the itch. I was, I was, I was. So, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about them a, mu- a bunch more as we get closer to baseball season and into it but you said you wanted to end on upset and upsetting games so let's do that now yes um i have got an upsetting game that i'd like to talk about and it's it's not the one i originally thought i was going to talk about but the the more i look at it and the more i think about it the more upset it makes me that's right, which game is that it's it's the KC Falcons game, Kansas City Falcons game from this past week. Oh yeah, that game was a barn burner. <clears throat> yeah, it was Shouldn't something been, all right. <laughs> so first of all, that's uh, I want to start with KC. They what the heck are you playing like right now, Kansas City? This is the Falcons we're talking about. We talking about Falcons. They have basically rolled over to die this season. Of course, they're making their late season 
look, we're still kind of tough, um, which I think is maybe some of the, the remaining coaches there are just like, well, shoot, maybe we better show that we have some coaching prowess now so we don't get fired. Yeah. Um, but KC, like, what a ridiculous showing. Like, there was poor play calling. There was, yeah, it was not a good showing for KC. And then the Falcons. My Lord, what a miserable team you are. I I don't particularly care for them because, you know, division rivalry, but my Lord, you're a joke. You're a meme upon yourself. It's it's no longer 28 to 3. It's it's you're just a choke of a franchise. You're a, a joke upon the sport. And I think they just need to go into total rebuild, but they can't because of their cap hits. It's ridiculous. I it's, I feel ashamed to share a division with them. <laughs> Damn. You just really laid the wood on them. You know. I digress. Anyway, let's hear your upsetting game. Oh, my upsetting game. Uh, you know, I have one in mind. It's, but it feels kind of like a selfish upsetting game. It was really only upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. And I think you know which game I'm talking about. Uh, I think it was a certain Monday night game. <laughs> <laughs> you know why. Now, yeah. kudos to Josh Allen. I, for anyone that doesn't know, I needed him to not do well on Monday to move on in our fantasy playoffs. He did the opposite and did extremely well. And uh, props to him. No, actual upsetting game. Let me think. You know, I actually didn't have this one ready. I had upset ready first. Oh, I see. I see. So uh, Unprepared for the podcast, are we? <laughs> I'm cl- uh, clearly a little bit. Uh, I can share my other upsetting game that I was going to talk about. If oh, you you've like. got two? Yeah, fire away, man. Let yeah, me think. It's, it's not as upsetting, and I know Daniel is at your house, so don't tell him I said this, but the Broncos-Chargers game, I, mostly because I know the Broncos are still trying to position Drew Locke as their franchise quarterback, but I don't know that you can make a franchise quarterback of a man that's only a franchise that plays like a franchise quarterback every other week at best because he gave us a couple of good weeks and now he's back to his old tricks. Maybe he'll have a Philip rivers of a career. Who knows? Anyway. All right. Uh, well, I think upon further inspection and contemplation, my upsetting game has to be the Titans Packers game. Obviously from the standpoint of Tennessee, you do not want to be playing like this right now this close to the playoffs uh, playoffs that you haven't even clinched yet, actually to get blown out on national television, on national television. Granted, it was by a good team like green Bay, a team that very well could win the super bowl this year. Uh, You're going to be in the playoffs more than likely. You need to show that you can compete with playoff caliber teams like that. And they just didn't. And I know I brought it up kind of jokingly earlier. The weather was not good in green Bay, but you cannot, attribute that loss to a a snowstorm in Lambeau field. It was just a bad, bad game. And kind of like we were talking about, like you were just talking about with the chiefs upsetting for them to be playing like this right now too. Maybe, I, I mean, I would put money more on Kansas city doing it than Tennessee, but maybe these teams will use their performances this last week as kind of a wake up call to, to get themselves into gear because this is just not, you, you never want to go into the playoffs limping. Uh, and if you're in Tennessee's case, you don't want to go into the last week limping here because you still need a win to win your division. So, I mean, I yeah. think they're probably going to beat Houston. Uh, and But I think 
Indianapolis is probably going to beat Jacksonville too. So if Tennessee does falter and drop it to Houston and Indianapolis does what they're supposed to do, all of a sudden the Titans might not even make the playoffs now. So Mm -hmm. it's just the Titans fans have to be upset. And I have not talked to my buddy, Michael, who's a big Titans fan since then. I'm sure he's not thrilled about it, but that's probably going to be my upsetting game of the week. Yeah. I kind of think also that, the Titans potentially underestimated Green Bay, Green Bay's defense. I think a lot of people do. I think Green Bay has kind of a sneaky good defense. They had some really good aspects of it last year. Ultimately, it ended up being weaker than I originally thought. But I think they improved in, on that in the offseason. And I think they're I think they're kind of a sneaky good defense that people underestimate. Oh, um, definitely. I mean, you don't get to 12 and what are they 12 and three you don't get to that without having at least a somewhat competent defense I say as somebody who had no competent defense earlier this season but um (laughs) you know I don't know the reason it was upsetting to me too is just like I from the minute I saw that game on the schedule this year I was super excited for it I thought it was going to be a good game obviously a lot of people did if it got flexed to Sunday night and -hmm. in terms of that it just completely let down I mean the the Packers just blew him out of the water. Uh, it reminds us uh, it's making me shake. It should you too being in the NFC that, you know, this is a team that's more than likely the Super Bowl, the road to it's going to run through green Bay in the playoffs. I don't want to play them in the playoffs again, although you handled them pretty well when you played this regular season. So I don't know, but we also have had a pretty good run defense though this past year. So we were able to, Shut down at least half the errands. <laughs> half the errands. Uh, I like it. But yeah, I Green Bay's scary, man. They're scary, and I don't like to think about them because odds are one of our teams is probably going to have to meet them at some point. So Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I guess that just leaves me with my upset game now. Yeah. Uh, um, go ahead. Got to give it to the Jets. I mean, yep. the Jets winning a football game. If we had done a show last week, my upset game would have easily been the Jets over the Rams. I love to see it. See that they were going to be both mine last week because I think it's upset and upset. Yeah, well, it was pretty upset. Well, not not that I'm upset over the Jets winning, um, but I I well, I think yourself, a lot of people are. Yeah, if your, I was a Jet fan, I'd be upset. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Shoot. And I was just going to say, put yourself in Rams fan shoes. Like, how embarrassing is that to be <laughs> yeah. the first loss? I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm just so glad that it wasn't Seattle. I, I can't tell you how glad I am that we were not the team that dropped it to the Jets first. Yeah, so, and now, speaking of the Jets winning, the Jaguars have clinched the number one draft pick. Probably yes, going to take have. Trevor Lawrence. We'll get into that at some show down the road. We have plenty of time to talk about the draft uh, when the season's over. But that is a consequence, I guess you could call it, of the Jets winning the last two weeks so i don't know it's weird times weird times it's just another reminder too of how hard it is for a team to go 0 and 16 i really did think that this team would do it this year but um i guess they they made me eat crow so yeah goes to you jets i suppose you still gotta fire adam gase but shame if shame. adam gase gets <laughs> another job in the nfl i God, even if he gets a job at the collegiate level. Yeah, no kidding. Um, 
I don't know. And I guess that brings me to my shout out since we're about to wrap it up. Speaking of coaches getting jobs, I want to give my shout out to local guy, coach of the Montana State football team, Jeff Choate, currently in the process of interviewing for the Boise State head coaching position. I, as a huge Bobcat fan and alum, would hate to see him leave, but what a cool opportunity for him to get to possibly move up a level to be the head coach where he's been in a coordinator before, special teams coordinator. so cool for him. He's a great guy, done wonders for the football team here in Bozeman over the last four years. If I was oh, absolutely, I was telling some people if he left tomorrow, he would leave this program way better than he found it. And that's all oh, you absolutely. can really ask for. That's my shout out. I hope he gets the job. I'd be sad, but you know, I for him, it's such a cool opportunity. And Boise is a place I know that he that he uh, has ties to he cares about a lot. So shout out to him. And you already gave your shout out to I Ryan did. I did. Fitzpatrick. So I think that takes care of shout outs. That takes care of upsets and upsetting. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Any, anything you want to talk about your best buddy, Cliff Kingsbury? Um, no, no, no new Cliff's Kingsbury news today. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, I might have more to say depending on how next week goes though. You never know. Never yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, they cliff Kingsbury could be in the playoffs. We'll see. But uh, you know, and for the record, yes, I brought him up that time, but <laughs> yeah. For those of you, for you guys keeping the Cliffsbury count at home. Yeah. Uh, listeners should start playing cliff Kingsbury bingo, I guess. I don't know. Like every time that we bring him up, it's a free space. Cause it happens but oh we should have yeah coach bingo whenever we talk about coaches there you go uh maybe when we have more than three listeners we can do that yeah (laughs) but uh yeah so i don't know that's about all i had for this week uh like i said last show of 2020 to all of you who have listened to us this year as we got going on this uh thank you for listening to us and i think since it's our last show we're going to be publishing on new year's day or new year's eve excuse me uh, Justin, we should each give a New Year's resolution here on the show. Uh, a sp- oh, I like it. A, a sports-related one or not, but mine's probably going to be sports-related. So uh, you can go first. Oh, no, you're putting me on the spot. I am. I'm putting you on the spot. All right. I am going to resolve once again that next year I will watch more college football. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. Uh, my... New Year's resolution is I am going to try to not get so upset at Pete Carroll when he challenges plays that have no hope of being overturned. Yeah. Oh my (laughs) God. (laughs) It's so frustrating to watch and I don't understand it. He's such a smart guy and a lot of other facets of coaching, but God is he bad at challenges and it's just, I no, I'm not going to get mad. The New Year's resolution starts now. I'm going to let it slide. I'm going to actually, let it... that reminds me of something I wanted to talk about. Oh, okay. speaking of coaches getting mad. Did you see Bill Belichick Ooh, through the phone a little bit? Uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit of temper on Monday night football. You know what? We'll save that. Let's talk about that with Kyle next week. Huh? Yeah. I'm sure Fair he's going to want to talk enough. about it. You know, we have to have him on because the Patriots have to represent somehow since they won't be in the playoffs. So we'll have Kyle do it for him. Yeah, I like it. All right. 
Well, I think that is going to be about it for us. Thank yep. you all for tuning in to this final 2020 edition of the Expansion Buddies podcast. Don't worry, we'll be back for you next week and next year. Thank you for listening wherever you listen, whether it's iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. We love each and every one of you, even if we can count you all on two hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's been a heck of a, a heck of a year. Uh, it's I've had a ton of fun. I'm, I'm glad we finally started this. Um, it's definitely been one of the bright points of 2020. I'm excited to see, you know, what 2021 brings. And yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we can gain some more of you guys. Uh, Cause this has been a ton of fun and I just like to share it with more people. Definitely. So yeah, we are right on the cusp of 2021. It's about to be a new year, but don't forget everybody. We can still always party like it's 1976.